0: radios.com, check, check, by two-way radios.com. recorded almost live Rock Hill, South Carolina, it's the two-way radio show. Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoy. I'm Danny Feemster, And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll debate whether or not DMR is becoming the de facto digital standard. We'll discuss the different types of digital standards available, compare the pros and cons of each, and contemplate the possibility one of them could overtake the others to become the primary standard in the marketplace. We'll also review the Vertex Standard e EVX 261 Digital Portable Two-Way Radio and take some of your questions from our blog and our forums at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. BuyTwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialist. We've talked about digital radios many times before on the Two-Way Radio Show, and we've talked about the various digital standards used in the industry. In one discussion, and I think it was episode 88, we asked which one would win out in the end. And at the time, we concluded there probably wouldn't be any one particular standard that would take over the digital radio market. But a lot has happened since then, and there are a lot of new products out there most of them seem to use dmr technology so is it possible dmr may become or may already be the digital standard
1: well like i think i said in that episode i don't believe that we're going to have one standard um because with Two-way radios. It's not something like VHS or or Beta where you've got to have one win. Or you know, to use a more recent example, Blu-ray or um, HD DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really have to have a winner as long as Kenwood and Icom continue to put out radios using NXDN, which is their their digital standard or the digital standard that those two companies have adopted you're going to have consumers using those radios, and there's nothing wrong with that. It works fine. But I think over the last six months, nine months, there has been sort of a shift to DMR. because, mm-hmm. and The reason I'm saying that is because you see n- not big brands like Kenwood, Icom, Motorola, Vertex Standard. You see smaller brands of radios come out with digital products it seems like they're exclusively DMR. Mm-hmm. And Chinese companies that are, are building radios that are getting more and more popular here, they, they're almost exclusively DMR. I don't see any NXDN radios by a smaller brand or um, a Chinese company make, getting any traction here in the United States anyway.
0: Which is why we're asking the question, really, is DMR pretty much overtaking the marketplace? Um, I, I think it's a legitimate question. I, I once again, I think there are probably room for several digital standards uh, but I think it may wind up being more of a industry divisional thing or, or a, uh, a regional divisional thing rather than uh, uh, just one blanket. DMR is everywhere well, or, or
1: NXDN. If you're a smaller company looking to, to come out with your own brand of radio, and uh, like we talked about in episode 95, the FCC made a change, um, I believe a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. um, that they were no longer going to type accept a business radio unless it supported digital. That was the the result of their decision. They didn't exactly word it like that, but the effect was: if your radio is not digital, it's not going to be approved by the FCC. So at that point, we said you're going to see smaller companies come out with digital radios, and that's probably going to drive the price down overall. Well, but,
0: before we get too far into the discussion, let's let's talk about some of the different types of digital standards that are out there right now, so everybody can get a better ideas to to where they are placed. In the industry um, first of all we I guess we should mention that uh, uh, Motorola uses some digital technology in some of their lower end, their lower tier radios uh, like the DTR series and and the DLR series but those are really more 900 megahertz using FHSS technology it's not really
1: I guess it's digital they, they market it as being digital, but it's, yeah. it's proprietary to Motorola. I wouldn't yeah. call it a standard. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, of course, you have NXDN, which is uh, works uh, by frequency division multiple access, or FDMA technology. And that was uh, created by Kenwood and ICOM. And then you have the DMR standard, which is TDMA, or time division multiple access. And that's used by Motorola and Vertex. And, wow, uh, it's starting to be used by a lot of a lot of different manufacturers here: Hytera, uh TYT, Ushing.
1: Yeah, among That's, the brands that we carry. But there, there's a lot of other smaller brands that are, are doing this as well.
0: And then, of course, the uh, the the, uh, the DPMR standard, which is used uh, primarily in Europe, I guess.
1: Right. You don't see much of that in in the U.S. But I believe it uses the same. Yeah, like like you said, it uses FDMA just like the NXDN. Yeah, it was
0: very similar to that. Uh, some of those proprietary brands are not really, uh, you know, like NXDN, they're not really cross compatible with other brands.
1: Too right. Much. If you have a DMR radio, you can't talk to an NXDN mm-hmm. and vice versa. If, if once your organization makes the decision to go with one digital standard, that's what you've got to stick with, or else you've got to throw all your radios away. And I think
0: that's one reason why some companies hesitate to get into digital. It's because they know that once they get in there, they have to make the right decision early on or else uh, down the line they they could find themselves saying, you know, maybe I should have gone the other way.
1: And I think a lot of of businesses don't really think about it ahead of time. They just sort of go in with whatever their local two-way radio guy happens to be carrying or have on special, and then maybe they don't realize that – that they're um, kind of putting themselves into a, a corner at that point. You know, we deal with two-way radios every day. Most businesses make a two-way radio purchasing decision once every four or five years maybe, and then, um, you know, are just buying replacement units after that. So they don't think about it as much as we do.
0: But the adoption rate is on the rise, I take it, though. Anthony, you're seeing more people calling you – about digital or moving to digital than, than maybe a year or two ago.
2: Absolutely. Prices coming down. I always compare it to like the when new TVs came out, nobody could afford a Yeah. Plasma T V and it was new, it was great and uh, now the prices have come down but we're getting a lot of once people hear digital, they're they're convinced. They're they're ready to go. Well you were really on board with
0: DMR when when uh, uh came out with the uh, the M D three eighties and uh, you really caught on to that one. You, I, I know that you uh, really like those. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean,
2: it's it's capable of a lot more. Um, it's a newer, new-age technology. It really is. It's capable of a lot more. It's The sound clarity, I mean, it's, again, back to the TV reference, It's you look at a tube TV compared to a an LED TV, you can see the difference. With radios, you hear the difference.
0: But the price was right, too. It yeah. wasn't like it was coming out starting at $400 like uh, digital radios uh, on on the higher tier business end had been $4,800 uh, on average in that price range. These were coming out at under 200 That's right. I,
1: I think, think that that's be, really been you know, the ticket. I mean, we, when we talk about digital two years ago, we sat here and said, you know, digital's great. Here's all the advantages of it. But a customer making a purchasing decision is going to say, well, that sounds good, but I really want to spend twice as much money for better audio quality that maybe they don't have the radios in their hands, they can't see it. But um, as the price keeps coming down, and the MD380 is a good example of that, and uh, the radio that we're going to review today, this Vertex Standard EVX 261, is another example of the the price coming down. So now, instead of spending twice as much, maybe you're spending – twenty or thirty percent more for considerably better audio quality and features
0: well uh, you know of course as you mentioned earlier the FCC it looks like they're definitely trying to phase out analog at least in the business arena right now and up until the last year or two when a lot of these DMR radios uh... began to really come out into the market uh... moving to digital was was really an expensive proposition Uh, But now you've got some of these mixed mode radios coming out and the DMR radios, a lot of them are mixed mode where you can use some digital analog and it makes it easier to make that transition. Plus they're a lot less expensive now. So it seems like the phasing out of analog might come a little bit more quickly in the industry uh, within the next few years uh, because of all these DMR radios. Uh, what, What do you guys
1: think? Well, um, like we said in episode ninety-five, having that the FCC decide that they're no longer going to approve any new radios um, that aren't digital, and again, that's the effect. That's not what they're saying. I, I honestly don't believe the FCC is is quote trying to push people to digital. I think the goal of the FCC is to conserve bandwidth. So they they're what they're actually doing is saying new radios have to be capable of operating on six and a quarter bandwidth and there just happens to be no analog. All the radios that do that are <laughs> digital. So the effect has been to push people to digital. But um, we said at the time these manufacturers are going to have to come out with new models. and These new models are going to have to support digital. So that's going to push the market in that direction.
0: So that brings us to the next question. Really, is with all these new DMR radios, and it seems like the, the Chinese at least have really, really locked onto the DMR. Mm-hmm is DMR becoming the digital standard of the future? And I don't what I mean by the digital standard, not the one that would be like VHS and just overtake everything, but what it would be the dominant one.
1: Well, Motorola decided to use DMR in their turbo radio. And the turbos are high-end radios and they were very, very popular. If you're a company deciding to make radios, you're going to go in the radio business and you have to make a digital radio or else it's not going to get approved. Are you going to choose the digital standard that's um, a smaller portion of the market or are you going to choose the one that's the larger portion of the market? And I think that's what's happening is these companies that are manufacturing radios are saying there's more DMR out there than anything else, so let's make DMR. And that has the effect of making even more DMR in, in the marketplace.
0: But I think cost has a lot to do with it, don't you think? I mean, uh, because DMR generally is is a much lower cost, it lowers uh, uh, the bar to of, of entry.
1: I but it wasn't and, the case. I think the fact that all these companies are now starting to make DMR is what's driving the cost down. Oh,
0: so you're saying yeah, that? Yeah, I think if
1: they had okay. if there were more NXDN radios out there than DMR, the cost on the NXDN would be going down simply because. There's more people making them. The the volumes are higher. And one thing I've noticed
2: when we were at IWC a few years ago, looking for we were looking for a digital radio, that's where where we found TYT. Do you remember the that we we saw a lot of the the uh, some were DMR, TDMA, mm-hmm. some were FDMA, mm-hmm. and those FDMAs were significantly cheaper than the DMRs because that. The DMR is – I mean, it makes sense. The DMR was new. They had to put R&D money into developing that technology, whereas – And there's more DMRs out there, so you're not going to sell – why not? You're going to sell it for more because it's a more
1: popular – And I think that they had already been selling those DPMR radios to Europe for a while. I think the technology may have been more popular over there. Um, but DMR was new and these companies had to invest in it and there wasn't a whole lot of competition in it until recently. So yeah, of course you're gonna, you're going to sell it for what you can get. Right. Well, you mentioned
0: earlier that uh, DPMR is a very inexpensive. It's a very inexpensive uh, technology. I'm sure that that has a lot to do with its adoption in Europe as well.
1: when you think well, I don't think it's more inexpensive per se. I think once you have the technology on a chip, making a board to put in a radio is the same DPMR versus DMR. Mm -hmm. I think what happens is they had these companies, and when I say these, it's a lot of – we're we're talking about the smaller companies, not the big Motorola, Vertex, ICOM, Kenwood. We're talking about Chinese companies. and When you see a, a new U.S. brand, they're buying the radio from one of these Chinese companies and just putting their brand on it. It's what's happening 99% of the time. But these Chinese companies years ago decided, let's put research and development money into coming out with a DPMR radio because this is catching on in Europe. There's a market for this in Europe. So they spent the money, now they've got the technology, they're building the boards, and after you've got the technology, it's just... Printing new boards. It's just and, replicating and, yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, really. it's not it, that expensive. It's not any more expensive than making an analog radio significantly. But now DMR is the same thing. They've got to recover that R&D money that they had to put into building this technology, which isn't easy. I mean, it's a lot more complicated to build a product that meets the DMR standard than analog. Well, yeah. I mean, as yeah. we see with the UV5Rs, they've got a, a analog radios on a single chip now. <laughs> yes.
0: But I, I, I think that's pretty much going to be what happens with DMR and, and all the other technologies that are developed in the future. You're, you're, you're eventually going to have everything so, so compacted on, on one little chip that I think at some point cost is really going to be somewhat irrelevant.
1: Oh, of course. And, and I think you're seeing that. The, the Titera MD380, that's, I mean, that sells for $135? and that was originally what 200 Mm -hmm.
0: 199 and this happened in the course of what less than a year Mm -hmm. that it dropped down to 139 do you do you think it might drop down a little bit further on those radios at some point could absolutely and now now ushing just released and we and we broke the news way back in december uh about uh the new uh their new dmr radio it's actually their first foray into digital with the uh, D901, the KGD901. Right. And now this thing has just come out, and the expectations, I think, across the board was was that, well, it's going to come out, you know, like 199 or something like that and then kind of drop down, just like the TYTs did. But um, they started theirs out at $149. That's what we have it for right now.
1: Right. I think they're looking at, at what that TITERA – they're going for the, the people that are buying the TITERA. I mean, why would you buy – um, that D nine hundred one for one hundred ninety nine dollars, when the, you can get an MD three hundred eighty for one thirty five, and and so that think,
0: makes perfect sense. Which is yeah. which is my point that as more and more of these DMR radios are introduced in the marketplace by various manufacturers, they're going to be competing with what's already out on the market DMR wise. So they're going to be forced to to uh, look at their pricing structure and see okay. Uh, am I going to be able to sell it at a higher price point, or am I going to be have to compete because there are already a number of these out there, and I'm going to have to compete on price? And we may see future uh, models of DMR radios coming out at maybe lower and lower prices.
1: Uh, so that, that, I think that could snowball. That's Um going to happen. Now, one one thing I want to be clear about is the, the, that these that D nine hundred one and the MD three hundred eighty are kind of going after a different market. I think it's mostly ham radio users that are buying those radios, not businesses. And businesses are a majority of the market, and most business customers are going to go for um, you know bigger brand like the the Vertex Standard EVX two sixty one that we're going to review in a, in a few minutes. Um, but I think that could the,
0: change too as the pricing drops, and unless the bigger brands. Can keep up with the pricing somewhat. Now the quality—that's a different story. And you know, the big brands have the quality behind their the, their branding to go with. And I think that's what's going to keep a lot of people in their corner, a lot of companies in their corner. But um, there's going to come a point in time where. Economists change, and businesses are going to be reevaluating their budgets and that sort of thing, saying, okay, what do we really need to go with? And um, they may be looking to some of these less expensive DMR radios, and then we're going to find more and more of them uh, going with, say, the TYTs or the Oceans. And, and I don't, I don't, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd say
2: I'd, that— I kind of uh, disagree on that. I don't think if you've got a multi-billion-dollar company, Acme Corp., <laughs> And they've been using Moto Turbo radios for years, you know, and paying $1,200 a radio or whatever. I don't think one guy, you know, or whoever's in charge is going to go, well, we can switch all these out for Wushans. or we can, for the Baofeng okay. Digital, for
1: $100 a piece. I don't think, that. smaller companies yeah, if, if here? Maybe, but if I, you're a business, it, it makes more sense to buy the the product that has support here in the u.s. where you know you've got a, a warranty True. i think that there's um, a lot
0: to be said for that yeah
1: yeah i think that that's the what most businesses are going to think like I mean, they are i mean we talk to them every day and that seems to be the mindset now there are definitely small businesses that are going oh i can get a digital radio for 135 dollars i'm yes. willing to take the risk if uh you know one breaks well i that's uh I I can throw one away and still be better off.
0: Right, but and, and it's not the enterprise businesses that I'm talking about. It's not the enterprise level or, or, or you're the You're right. The there large are definitely going to be small
1: I'm businesses. About small businesses, yeah,
0: yeah. They're, and I think that could be a a, a huge market. Uh, small businesses are a huge market because they're what what 85 well, of of what the you're going see basically.
1: So before you know it, what you're going to see are digital radios at the entry level price point, like. Um, uh, a regular analog 261 sells for about $160, $170. In a year or so, you'll probably be able to get an entry-level digital radio at that price. And thats it's been shown over and over that small companies are willing to spend that much money to buy a radio. And... Uh,
0: well, especially if the Chinese up their game on their radios and build more quality to compete quality-wise. Uh, let's say, for instance, the MD390. That's considerably more rugged than the MD380, waterproof and, and uh, you know, it, it's dustproof and it can take a little bit more uh, abuse. But you're still the buying MD380, it from so a, when you
1: see that brand, TYT, It's not a, it's not a brand with any – presence in the united states and that sets a lot of people off you know it's it's if something happens how am i going to send this thing back if i need support for this i mean you you're i think a lot of people that make the decision to buy that when they make that decision they're going if something happens i'll just throw it away and buy another one
0: no i'll agree with you there that i think the branding point is is really key Uh, but um you know, by the same token, I do think that there are going to be some businesses uh, as they look at, uh, you know, what they can afford and and what they need. Uh, the smaller businesses, per se, I think they'll probably start to give T Y T and Ushing and some of those other companies a second look, at least. And as other people start using them and as the brand becomes uh, more accepted here in the U S., um, then I think that that Will change over time.
1: We'll see what happens. So,
0: but uh, that is just my opinion. <laughs> well, you know, d- d- before we go on this, there there are a couple of other things that um, uh, I wanted to point out. You know, DMR, and I went on the the DMR Standards website. According to their website, DMR supports over three million users worldwide. That's uh, the source of this. Is the Digital Mobile Radio Association their website, and uh, apparently. According to their stats, it's in active use in over 100 countries. And uh, quoting from their site, it says it is the market-leading digital PMR technology out there. So I think right now it kind of is kind of a
1: big standard, one it's of the biggest. Definitely so it's definitely one of the biggest standards. I think we can unequivocally say that. One so. of the biggest standards. Will it be the standard? <laughs> we'll
0: see. <laughs> time will time will tell. Time will tell. I'll tell you what. I, I'd say we'd come back here in in a year and do another episode and and uh, reevaluate that, and we'll we'll see who who's
1: yeah, let's, really Let's on check that back see. in.
0: Yeah. What do you think? Do you think DMR is? the digital standard of today or is destined to become the digital standard that will overtake them all uh, or not. Um, send us your comments to show at buy two way and tell us what you think. And you know what? If we use your comments on the next episode of the two way radio show, we'll send you a uh, two way radio show t-shirt. Uh, how does that sound?
1: Oh, we're going to be flooded with emails now.
0: <laughs> all right. So send in your comments and let us know what you think. Well, coming up, we'll review the Vertex Standard e EVX 261 Digital Portable Two-Way Radio, which, by the way, is a DMR. What do we think of it? We'll find out next on the Two-Way Radio Show. Searching for two-way radios? Buy two-way radios has what you need. My Two-Way Radios is the source for two-way radios and radio accessories from major name brand manufacturers for our businesses and consumers alike. Buy Two-Way Radios provides more than just great radios at a great price. We are a leading source of expert advice on the products that we sell and can assist in finding the perfect solution for you or your business. We also deliver great service. Our products are stocked at our local warehouse. This allows us to guarantee processing time and fast shipment of your order. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy Two-Way Radios can help you find the best solution for you. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buytwowayradios.com weekdays. Buy Two-Way Radios at buytwowayradios.com. Your radio specialists. You're listening to The Two-Way Radio Show, and this week we're going to review a new digital portable two-way radio from Vertex Standard, the eVerge EVX 261.
2: Well, the the eVerge line was released by uh, Vertex Standard about about two years ago now, maybe a little over two years, and they started off with three of their, at the time, entry-level radios, EVX 531, 534, and 539. The 531 at the time was more of their entry-level one. You know, No screen, no buttons, keypads, anything like that. And the 534 and 539s, they all introduced that. Um, so now they've got what I would call an entry-level radio. Um, the VX261, the analog version, came out uh, about this time last year um, mm-hmm. to replace the uh, popular VX231 that was out for many years. But now we've got... A good uh, dual-mode DMR slash analog radio, uh, entry-level radio, the EVX261. Um, I was pretty excited about this because, you know, the the 530 series, it was um, great radios, done well for us. It was a, another option for Motorola users using DMR that were spending $1,300 a radio yeah. to come down and drop down to a... 531 that was um you know starts out about 315 bucks and fully compatible um now they've got this evx 261 um which is also dual mode you know dmr and analog and capable of quite a bit i was pretty impressed with the you know what it's capable of you know a lot of the same things that the the 530 series is you know the Direct mode and transmit interrupt and all those things. The only really thing it really lacks is the channel spacing. He's got sixteen channels. Yeah. Um, which through all my dealings, that's sixteen is usually enough, unless you're a, uh, you know,
0: unless your ham, uh, operator. ham, <laughs> ham operator, operator. Ham operators from... like a thousand, but this isn't really aimed at ham. This is a business radio. Yeah,
2: business business radio. Sixteen's all they need, really. Yeah, it's um, so. Uh, my whole point with that with it is is you know you've got somebody that's on the fence you know a a vx261 is straight analog 170 bucks for that radio you can get the you know the digital Mm um i guess we'll come back in a year and decide what if it's the future or not but for it's 249 bucks um it starts out at 249 you know if you get it which is reasonable really absolutely Uh, it absolutely is um i think a lot of businesses will look at that and go well you know for the extra 70 bucks or whatever you know we'll
1: go yeah they've definitely narrowed the gap when that evx what did the 531 sell for low 300 315 yeah 315 so you were looking at $170, a jump of $145, $150 to get digital. Now you're looking at a jump of $80. Yeah. You know, so,
0: looking at the feature set on this, I don't think they sacrificed too much uh, to get to that price point.
1: Well, the VX261, the analog radio, is is perfect for you know 75% of business mm-hmm. users, I would say. Anybody that would have been good with a VX261 analog radio is going to be fine with an EVX261. It's the, basically the same radio right. with significantly improved audio quality. Am I right? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Um, and, and I like the, you know, are all analogs going to go away eventually? Or no? We know these manufacturers are keep making these you know, Kenwood's going to keep making. They're going to keep the TK thirty four hundred two around as long as they can. Yeah,
0: that'll be around for you know. They can't, they can't make any. <laughs> it's
2: a popular radio. It's uh, you know, Motorola's going to do the same with their RD uh, RD series. You know, it's, it's just how it's going to be. Um, but for for folks that have, and I run into a lot of folks that have, you know, that ask that question. Are they going to Are they going to go away? Well, I don't see it for a while. I really don't. I don't see the Kenwoods and you know, the VX261 analogs going away for quite a while. I think but, there will uh,
0: always be a place for analog. There will have to be. It
2: gets, it, even the digital radios
1: support analogs. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's
2: where you can make the transition. Let's just say you buy a EVX261 and you want them to talk to your analog radio. We'll make them talk. Mm-hmm. And then that's what a lot of companies are doing. As, the, as their older radios start to go out and it's not worth fixing them or keep buying batteries for
1: them or losing them running over them with a truck (laughs) they'll transition to that digital age yeah that that really is the move instead of throwing all your radios away at once and going all digital just when you're buying replacement vx261s instead of buying the vx261 buy the evx261 yeah and now one day in a year or two you might be on entirely evx261s and you can Flip over to the digital channel. That's right.
0: You know there, and I wrote a a blog post announcing the availability of the EVX two sixty one uh, on our blog at by 2 baradioscom One of the major selling points, I think, of this radio, and people are asking, well, you know, the DMR radios all over the place now, and as we mentioned earlier on the show, what's to stop someone from saying, well, you know, let me go get an Ushing, and, and, and aside from the I know there's that branding factor there, and Vertex Standard is a major brand, uh, fairly well known.
1: Uh, Owned by Motorola.
0: Yeah, owned by Motorola, but aside from that branding issue, this particular radio has another advantage, I think, that a lot of other uh, DMR radios and a lot of other radios in the industry period don't have, and that would be the battery system. Vertex Standard, a couple of years ago, migrated over to the uni battery system Uh and the evx 261 is part of that system they they use the the uni battery system which means that if you have vx 261s that are all using uni batteries Uh you don't have to worry about do i have to buy a whole new set of batteries and chargers and accessories to go with it this will fit right in yeah, right off the if you're using
1: bat. 231s or 261s Power-wise. analog radios this will work with your multi chargers you can use the same batteries that's a great well the point. battery
2: well the batteries you cannot the batteries are are different but they're
1: for the chargers are the same the chargers the chargers, the chargers are, the are the same, same. well so you actually
0: can, it uses the same battery as, as some of the other in its class the the um, 133 LI and the 134 the V134 LI the V134 is the the higher end battery, the, the, yeah, the higher the, capacity, the extended capacity. So what I'm battery. saying
2: is is the, the 450 series. I think uses a different. Yeah,
0: part. the 450 uses a different Works one. What's
2: helpful is where you're if you've got all these different radios in your fleet. Uh, one of the things that when they transitioned over, we had people buying VX231s for years, and they used a uh, FMB V103 battery. Yeah,
0: that was a transition period.
2: Well, a different charger, and then they would buy more vx-231s for their fleet and they had the unis and right so they would right they had to start marking their their chargers a certain way so they knew okay the the new radios go going this and and that but now you know all those there's not many of the old batteries still floating around out there no, I mean, I mean, most of them all transition yeah, to the newer a ones lot but of the chargers
0: people, you're right it's, chargers the, it's the, the chargers that in. are really the key well, which either. i think makes a big difference because you can only sit there and just drop it if you have a multi-charger and you've got multi-chargers you know, very just, it's very it's a lot more helpful yeah. But even so, the EVX batteries across the board are all using these now, Yep, EVX.
1: I'd also like to point out that these radios, I feel like, are a much better fit for businesses than something like the Ocean or the Titera. And the reason I say that is because it's so simple. When you look at it, there's a channel knob, there's a volume knob. If you have, let's say you're even a small business with 10 or 12 people that are using radios, if you decide to buy like a Titera. There's so much that radio can do. It's got a full keypad. It's easy to if you hand the radio to someone who doesn't know radios, they're going to hit a button one day and they're going to miss a transmission. And you're going to have somebody coming up to you going, "Hey, my radio's not working," and you're going to have to to switch it back to the right channel or reset it or whatever vertex standard has been making business radios for a long time and just the day-to-day support issues you're not going to have with this radio because it it is easy to use there's no screen there's a couple of programmable soft keys on the side and a channel knob on the top and that's not saying this isn't a a radio that's capable of a lot you don't want a radio that's got the functionality at a, a key press of a an md380 I mean those radios are great if you're a ham user but you don't want to give your warehouse guy an MD three eighty. I don't well, think you do. Well, you'd give
0: them you'd give them an MD two eighty. But uh, even so, um, yeah, I see, that's a good point. I see your point that this, this by its simplicity, it actually prevents uh, your employees from from inadvertently screwing something up. It's a souped right. up version yeah. of
2: the VX two sixty one. You know, it's, yeah. it's a bigger, a, yeah. better version of the two sixty one. 261's great, great little radios. But this is just a souped up version of it um with it being digital um and it's a little more durable
1: oh definitely so um, but it's
2: it's capable uh i mean it's capable of i I was pretty impressed to see you know with the capable of the mdc 1200 dtmf two-tone five-tone capabilities a lot of fire departments or firefighters love the the two-tone and five-tone capabilities Mm -hmm. um but it's also got the voice inversion encryption um that that turbo has supported for for years um and arts and, and, and a lot of times i see folks that are you know the majority of people switching over these digital these radios are cap- capable more than most people will do you know there are some companies out there that that use everything that's on here um you know the direct modes and transmission interrupt i have a few companies that use that stuff but most people just want it to be able to talk They just they they but they want that that clarity and it's loud. That's what they want. Um,
0: I have a question here on this. What arts? You know, Vertex Standard has been really promoting arts as a big feature, and it it is. You think about what it does. It's it's a pretty nice feature. But have you found it to be a a selling point in selling any of these radios? Arts.
1: I mean, I think arts really really only
2: works. Does it only work with the repeater?
1: no, I think it works radio to radio.
2: I mean, I don't, it's it's great technology as far as knowing if you're out of range. If yeah. It sends out pings.
1: You know, um, auto, auto range but I'm, not, I'm not having now. a lot of
2: people that are using it now. Yeah,
0: um, I was just saying because they make a real big point about pushing arts as a as a major feature. But I think it, it looks it good on a spec it, sheet. I, yeah. I think
1: if you're comparing a Vertex standard to an iCom, maybe that's something where you go, "Oh, and this radio, will do this. I'll go with the Vertex standard." But in reality, I don't see a lot of people using well, it. Well, most people
2: are going to be within a range where it's that's not needed. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess if you've got. Um, I th- it's it's definitely good on a repeater. You know, if you're getting out of range and it'll it'll ping you to let you know you're out of range, and it also can let other radios know that Rick's radio is out of range. Well, where's Rick going? You know, where, <laughs> or you know, if it's use straight simplex. I mean, most most places are you know two hundred fifty thousand square foot building that doesn't need t- to have the
1: arts. It's going to work regardless.
2: You know, I don't much. think
1: arts is the reason to buy this radio. I no. think that the sound clarity. And I, I can't overstate how big the difference is in audio clarity, digital to analog. It is, it's noticeable. And more importantly, with analog, if anyone's used radios before, you know the further y- you get away from each other, the audio clarity degrades. Mm-hmm. So if you're standing in the next room, it's going to be pretty good. But if you're a mile away, it's going to be staticky and you're, you're barely going to be able to understand. With digital, it's crystal clear, regardless of if, if you have a signal at all, it's crystal clear, and vertex standard goes i mean they have great technology to filter out background noise. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal mm-hmm. and oh, you not
0: this this is a good sounding radio the Vertex makes some good sounding radios i think
2: I think vertex standard hit a home run by by making these radios. I had a company, a local company that was using motorola's um digital and they needed more radios a lot more radios and a big company i you know they i've looked at their stuff online they're a big big money-making company but to be able to take i switched them to 531s and they they eventually just you know they worked with their their motorola turbos that they had and you know but they couldn't it wasn't an, like an eight hundred dollar difference per radio Mm-hmm. And it, but they, I think they hit a home run with with bringing out something that's an, another alternative. Motorola Motorola users are Motorola users. They're usually Motorola users for life. You know they're yeah. especially the Turbo guys. You know I see it on especially the Ham guys that are using the Ham. They hate this new stuff coming out because it's it's not superior to Motorola. It's not Motorola. And
0: but, they want to know if every DMR radio comes out. Okay, is this. Is this Moto Turbo compatible? They, they want to know if every digital radio is Moto Turbo compatible, uh, and if it's not, they don't even want to consider it.
2: Well, these are full, you know, these are full Turbo compatible. So, um, you know, like I said, it's another, it's another alternative for having something to talk with those Motorola radios. But it's also, I mean, at two hundred forty-nine dollars a radio for a business radio with a three-year warranty. Capable of a ton of you know uh, features, um, two hundred forty nine bucks. It's that's a that's, that's somebody's on the fence, yeah. Somebody that's on the fence, I think will look at that and go, yes, let's do it. Why not? You know, so yeah, I agree. We'll see. I think it'll be, you know, we've only had it on the site now for what a couple weeks. We'll see how it goes. I think it'll, I think it'll be popular. So you give this one two thumbs up yeah i i like all the the vertex models but i was i was happy to see that they've come out with this uh entry level we'll called entry level digital radio
0: i i am too and i think as we mentioned before earlier in the show i think we're going to see more of this you'll probably see more um major brands coming out with uh dmr radios that are that are i don't want to say lower tier but but that are lower price, price point. yes at a lower price point yep. definitely all right well we have some comments and questions from our blog our forum at two wayradioforum.com uh, the first one comes from Tim and he says uh, I'm currently looking for a high power base slash mobile GMRS radio that is repeater capable as well it seems to me that all I can find in this category is an expensive UHF business class or UHF ham radio They can also be programmed to use the GMRS repeaters. I'm curious if there's anybody currently manufacturing a true high-power 50, 25, 10, 5-watt GMRS-only base mobile radio that is programmable for repeater use at a decent price. I find it kind of odd that I can't find something like this being offered for sale under the current rules and regs. I'm using the repeater-capable Motorola MS350R handheld radio that only has 3 watts output and needs more power. Any ideas? If anybody currently has plans on the drawing board for manufacturing something like this in the near future, any suggestions you have would be extremely helpful. Um, Maybe I need to cash in and find a manufacturer that can work with me to design a model in exchange for a couple of new radios.
1: And that's from Tim. I don't know of anything, honestly. That that's a great question. Yeah, um, it is. I've had that question, question before, and we've looked for for things before. And in reality, most GMRS users that are using a repeater are using business products. They're using mm-hmm. something that's not Part ninety five type accepted specifically for GMRS, and that's the only option I can even tell you, uh, because. I don't know of a GMRS repeater. I don't know of a GMRS approved, technically GMRS approved, mobile radio either. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone that uh, I know that's using a 50 watt mobile for GMRS is using a business radio, and technically that's not by the book. But I can tell you, a lot of people are doing it.
0: The closest thing we have to it right now is the MXT 100 from Midland, and that's it's only not five a, watts. Yeah, it's only five watts. And uh, it's not it's not, it's repeater, not repeater capable, capable yeah mm-hmm. uh, so Tim uh, I'll have to say that it's a great question and that you're not alone a lot of people are asking the same question and they want to know the same thing and and everybody seems to be looking for that sort of thing um, i I'm actually a little surprised like he is that I'm there sure there's really a pretty good reason why
1: though I'm sure there's I oh, think there it's because is. it's not a big enough market now. yeah yeah. Um, But, I mean, all they – one of these manufacturers would have to do is have one of their existing business repeaters type accepted. Yeah, that's all they'd have to do. You would think. I mean, maybe they would have to disable certain functionality and it wouldn't be worth it. I bet there are a number
0: of them that would be easily type accepted for Part 95.
1: Oh, sure. I mean, they they meet the rules, but, I mean, would they have to um, have certain functionality disabled to meet the rules? Maybe. It wouldn't be hard to do. but. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know that they're really losing sales because they're not type accepted at the moment. I think that these GMRS guys that need a repeater are probably buying the business repeaters. and Just doing on their own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe a good source. There's a website called, I, I believe it's mygmrs.com. Yeah, mygmrs. Uh, I don't are know if they're direct, still active, though. I don't know. They, I believe they're a directory of all the GMRS repeaters in the country. So someone there may be able to give you a better answer.
0: A couple of Yahoo groups out there for GMRS as well uh, I don't know that they're really that active but uh, I do see some posts there from time to time well uh, our next one comes from uh, Jimmy lost cause <laughs> that gives you an idea of where this is going <laughs> he says so I recently purchased the Baofeng UV 5r with the intention on monitoring the forestry roads I do a lot of backcountry camping and the roads are pretty terrible, so I try to do anything I can to avoid meeting a logging truck on them, i.e. monitor the radio. So they use preset channels for different roads, uh, and I can find the frequency for these online. However, when I'm on the frequency, it won't receive. The screen will light up, but nothing will come through the speaker. I also notice that if I do hit the transmit button, it jumps to another frequency while it's held down. I wonder if this is some kind of encryption or if I have to program my radio or something. Just not really sure at all. I'm new to the two-way style radios. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. And that's from Jimmy Lost Cause.
1: Well, I um, think that he's got a programming issue. I mean, Yeah, if, if that's a simple... If Answer. the screen's lighting up and he's not hearing anything, most likely you have a, a privacy code or a, um, I think the UV five R calls it a CTCSS or a DCS code on your channel. Um, take that off and you should be able to hear. Now transmitting is a different story. Yeah. Um, if it's transmitting on a different frequency, we probably got something programmed wrong. And Could be they're using digital. That's well, it wouldn't quite change the frequency
2: on his radio. I don't believe it wouldn't change no, the frequency, but it would show that it was receiving. It, it'll receive on the analog radio it just it, it can't encrypt the the digital oh yeah that's possible yeah. so that's yeah. possible that he's you know digital analog use the same frequencies it's just All right the technology so
0: well in any case uh, I'd be careful about hitting that that um, transmit button that push to talk button uh, whether you have anything programmed in there or not because for some of those frequencies those are licensed frequencies that can get you into trouble if somebody picks you up on it and, and tracks you down so yeah <laughs> something you want to be careful about. Really, I think a scanner would be a better option for them. I think scanner would be a better solution. Uh, yeah, Radio probably. Scanner. Plus, it'd scan faster than uv 5 r anyway. And our last one comes from Jack Blasto. I don't make these names up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, you're making this up now. No, I don't make these up. Uh, yeah, this one comes from Jack Blasto, and uh, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very simple question. I don't know. I, want, I don't want to know why. Uh, it's a very simple question. He wants to know why don't radios come programmed? And that's from Jack Blasto.
1: Well, we got to make a lot of assumptions to give an <laughs> answer to that. Yeah. They they technically do.
2: Yeah, I mean, all the radios we sell are programmed with something. Icoms are programmed with a dummy frequency of like four hundred point seventy. Every one of them on channel one, and then like four. It's usually they're, they're all programmed now. Yeah. Yeah. so they're gonna you know GMRS radios are all programmed.
1: You know, I it, it, it guess it's you know got to depend on what business radio manufacturers aren't expecting a customer to go and buy their radios right out of the box anyway they expect you to go through a dealer and get a licensed frequency for your radio and then have your dealer program that frequency in so um, a lot of them have something in there right out of the the box Um, especially your um, business type radios like the kenwood pro talks and the motorola rdx series and cls clp series those are all pre-programmed but LMR type radios like the Vertex Standard and Icom, you you really need to go through a dealer and have those programmed, and that that's the reason.
0: And and some do come programmed. And yeah, like they, they will work. Said, you know, there, there's some that have come programmed like GMRS radios are pre-programmed at the factory. Those are hard set, and FRS radios, uh, uh, marine radios. <laughs> Uh, those types CB radios. You know, they're set, they're preset to specific channels. Those this guy are,
1: probably bought a, a business radio off Amazon and UV five R. blank no, probably not. Well, I'm surprised blind. how many people they go that buy something off eBay
2: or Amazon, especially a used piece, and they go, "Well, I bought, I've got a TK thirty one sixty, and I bought another TK thirty one sixty, and it's not working." Why aren't they talking well, to each other? An, yeah. uh, LMR radio. It's, it's, it could have anything in there. Well, That's- I
0: wrote a, an
2: article just recently
0: talking about two-way radio programmability. You can go to our uh, website at by two-wayradios.com, uh Look up two-way radio programmability, and there's an article that explains why uh, and how some radios are pre-programmed and some aren't, uh, with, along with a chart. Of radios that we sell at com that uh, which ones are uh, pre-programmed at the factory, and which ones are programmable by the dealer or the end user, and and perhaps that'll help uh, you out there, Jack. All right, well, I guess that does it for our comments and questions this week. Send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at TwoWayRadioShow.com, or you can hear it on iTunes, Blueberry.com, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. Um, I guess that does it for our show this time. Uh, before we go, any other final comments on any? I don't
1: think so. Oh. Okay.
0: Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy2way Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHELL at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buy2wayradios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, for the Two Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoy. I'm
2: Danny Feemster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out.